Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. I, like many other women, believe that we are what happened to us. Where Jennifer Hudson plays me in the movie, from my prison cell to going to this program. You had to deal with your shit. God removed me from that and told me to help women who was like me. I went to jail for smoking crack cocaine. I don't got the P to AD, but I got a PH do. Welcome. You are tuned into Monuments to Me, brought to you by Revolt. This is a safe space for honest and relevant conversations intended to recharge Black women and fuel Black girl magic. We're your hosts, Akila Friend and Don Montgomery, and each week we'll be addressing a range of topics from self-care, entrepreneurship, to politics and relationships. Join us as we explore and bask in the joys of Black womanhood. Welcome back to Monuments to Me, sponsored by Revolt. This is your co-host, Dawn Montgomery, and today we have Kim Carter, who, if you take a moment and really take the time to listen, is going to really challenge you as a listener, as a person, as just an overall being who can do more in your community. Listen, this woman has gone through incarceration because of a drug addiction. She has been homeless. She has lost custody of her daughter and regained custody of her daughter. She's someone who became a CNN hero. I mean, a CNN hero, someone who was on stage with people from across the world who have done things to make an impact in their community. This is someone that you must take time to take note of how she is addressing the things that were done to her, but did not make her, did not break her. They created something in her that motivated her to do more for you, me, and all of us as a whole. So just take a moment to really just sit back and take this in and just trust me, you're going to be challenged to do more and be more of who you are and shine your light. My name is Kim Carter. I am the founder and ambassador of Time for Change Foundation. I'm also the president and CEO for the Center for Housing Investment and Motivational Projects. And I am a proud Black woman in America. 
Yes, I love to hear that. So let's get into it. Now, tell the people exactly what you do with your foundation and so that we can start there and really have a conversation about some things that we want to center around Black women. Well, you know what? I like to say that the organization is manifested from the passion and the fire and desire I had inside of me to actually help other women who suffered the way that I suffered, who had been through what I had been through, yet still had, you know, life inside, still was ready to move forward and, you know, and and live their best life. You know, I start back to when I was a very small child, I experienced some traumatic experiences, you know, and those experiences, uh, it kind of like damaged me on the inside. So Mm -hmm. I had low self-esteem low self-worth and I really didn't fit in because I had been violated you know I had been sexually abused by a pedophile and I had no treatment I had no therapy I had no way to express that so I like many other women believe that we are what happened to us and it wasn't until I was Mm. afforded the opportunity to be able to get some therapy that I was Mm. able to separate myself from what had happened and be able to let the little girl inside to let her to grow up and be who she wanted to be. And she wanted to be the dynamic Kim Carter, the one who can move <laughs> mountains and make things happen. <laughs> and you're doing that. You're doing that. Let's let's give you your flowers right now. You're doing I that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So I'm grateful that you did tap into a little bit of your background. And I want to take a moment to kind of like shed a little bit of light on that again, if you don't mind. So you mentioned, you know, just being in the space of dealing with childhood trauma and dealing with, you know, being abused and then eventually coming out of that. We've had an episode on here where I've shared my personal story and mental health and and how important therapy is to me as well as that I feel like it should be for our community. So just can you talk about how freeing that experience was in going into therapy and unlearning some things, not only just your inner child, but just for yourself as a whole and how you want to help people? Well, you know, what I found out in receiving those services, first of all, I had to go, I had to get on drugs. Drugs and alcohol was the way I medicated and managed those feelings mm. until I was able to, um, in prison, I was afforded the opportunity to be one of 100 women, for which I'm number 87. And I was um, given a chance to go to a, a drug program on the inside of the institution that actually afforded me what they call trauma-informed care. And one lady came to me and she said, you know, my behavior was bad. My outlook was bad. She's like, we're not going to be able to help you because mm-hmm. you've been hurt so bad and your walls are so thick, you know, and she had, she didn't know that I had lived on the streets and I had been molested and I had been raped and I had been through all these extenuating circumstances that really built me up to be very defensive to make sure nobody mm-hmm. could penetrate my walls. So mm-hmm. when she said that, it kind of opened up and I was like, what happened to me? And then she asked me. What happened to you? Mm-hmm. And at that moment, someone acknowledged my humanity. Someone saw beyond my behavior and looked and saw me. Mm-hmm. And that's when mm-hmm. I began to say what had happened and to yes. have those tears and to cry that pain. And then I was able to go from there and to get more and more services that mm-hmm. actually helped me dig and find out who I really was meant to be on this planet. Mm-hmm. And I'll say again, you know, that that is part of the journey that is being seen all across the world right now in the movie called Tell Like a Woman, where Jennifer Hudson plays me in the movie from my mm. prison cell to going to this program and mm. directed by Taraji P. Henson. But it's all about being able to look at the second person inside me with that little girl. That little mm. girl didn't mean she needed healing and she needed to grow up. And until she was going to get addressed, nothing mm. else in my life was going to become anything. 
And I'm thankful for the chance. That's important to kind of harp on a little bit. It's just that, you know, nowadays it's trendy, you know, to take care of yourself, like self-care. It's trendy to tell people to go to therapy. And it just depends on how you're saying that to someone, because if you're saying it from a negative light, that's not really going to encourage somebody to go seek help. But in you saying for you to become who you were today and to do the things that you were capable of doing for our community and for just black women as a whole, you had to deal with your shit. Like you had to deal with the fact that yes, this happened to you, but it wasn't because of you. Right. Like, so, so kind of like, like, how does that make you feel today and who you are today? How does that really like affirm you and how you move about? Because, I mean, you just said you, you got someone playing you in a movie. You know what I'm saying? And the Jennifer Hudson. The That's Jennifer Hudson. The 17 like, you got, you know. Like, come on. <laughs> like, you you got this, this amazing, phenomenal actress and singer, just all around great person playing you in this movie. How does that make you feel today? Well, you know, I I just go back to God saw fit to save a wretch like me. I I just want to put that out there. And because of his loving hand, he was able to reach down and raise me up. And I needed to know that I was not what had happened to me. As soon as I became clear on that, I kind of like woke up to the consciousness. Mm -hmm. And one of the consciousness I woke up to was the fact that we as black women have been brainwashed to believe that we have to be these superheroes and we have to go on to the bitter end. We have to continue to endure more trauma. You get beat up, get up and keep on walking. And and, and you dare not cry about that because you're stronger than that. And you come Mm -hmm. from strong people and we get all this heritage and all this stuff thrown at us and we really feel like we must be the Harriet Tubman. We mm. must be the Luke Fang Lou Hamers. At the end of the day, we must be who God presented us to be. But mm-hmm. we deserve love. We deserve caring. We deserve nurturing. And we mm-hmm. deserve protection. And that is something that Black women yet still has not been able to affirm and, and collect here in America is who's going to protect the Black woman because we have been operating as a matriarchy society because we've watched mm-hmm. our Black men get hung. We've watched our Black men go yes. to prison. We watched our Black men get killed in these streets out here. Our children were taken from us. Exactly. And we we continue to try to have to take care of everything at this mm-hmm. prison, taking care of self. And mm-hmm. so today it may be trendy, but it's a fact. It's okay yes. to care about you. Yes, it's okay yes. to care about you. And if you yes. don't care about you, why do you expect somebody else to care about you? So how okay. about that? Okay. How about that? So let's, let's write this that? down. I, I do this thing on the show where I make note of a good quote that people need to make note of. And it's, you need to take care of you. Is that what you said? It's take yeah. care of you. Yes. Yes. Write that down. <laughs> so thank you for, for taking that moment to kind of just provide a little bit more background and context into who you are and how you've gotten to this place. But let's talk about, you know, what you're doing along the lines of like affordable housing. Do you want to kind of share some of the things that you've done along those lines and what got you to that point as well? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Well, I'll tell you that coming out of incarceration and dealing with the systemic society inequalities and discrimination that mm-hmm. was placed on people who have a past felony conviction... I, too, was denied housing, denied health care, denied education, all the things. And we have been working on reforming this prison industrial complex since we came out. And the prison industrial complex 
is a form of another complex that one more time prophetizes up of black and brown bodies. And black women at 500% increase went to prison in the 1980s, thereby leaving our children out here in these streets and also in another system called the foster care system. So they, all these systems work together and they make a lot of money off of us being in these systems, but none of them are designed to actually help and uplift us. So knowing that and coming out of a drug program, getting my first job, second job, getting comfortable, God removed me from that and told me to help women who was like me. And in doing that, I started my first housing program. It was called Time for Change Foundation on Mount View. I got one house with three bedrooms, two baths. And how can I help women who was like me? So, mm-hmm. so today we have 19 different locations for which we own all our locations. And I built my own affordable housing. It's called the Finger Square because the Finger means rising from the ashes. So I'm going to rise from the ashes from what affordable housing means to low-income women because somehow the society has forgotten that there are women who make X amount of dollars still need housing. And the housing authority has never been the authority on housing because they have an eight-year, nine-year wait list. So I don't know why we waiting on them. So I had to create my own. I had to learn how to build myself. Because that's the other part of it when you brought this up twice about being in prison. I want to tap into that. But before we do that, a lot of people don't understand that there's this thing that's going around America right now where we have legislators as well as lobbyists and activists that are pushing for rights restoration. This is a huge part of rights restorations for people who have been convicted felons or have gone to jail and want to have their rights to be a part of the American community, you know? So I do appreciate you pointing that out and kind of bringing that to light. But a lot of people just feel as if that's just, you know, giving people a second chance. And it's more than just giving them a second chance. If they've served the time, they should be able to have those rights, you know, given back. So I kind of did want to ask you specifically on rights restoration. How do you feel about that as a black woman? Because what's generally centered around the rights restoration conversation is more so men, not necessarily women. And so how do you feel about rights restoration and what your foundation could possibly do within that space? So one of the things that we do at a federal level and at a state level is that we craft policy and we work with these elected officials to actually carry bills. We've done the Mm -hmm. Fair Chance Hiring Act, which means Mm -hmm. that we've removed the question off of every job application, every housing application. The question that asks, have you ever been convicted of a felony? Because that question is irrelevant. I haven't, I hate to cut you off, but I got a moment of, of transparency. I haven't done anything to go to jail for. And I, I think twice about answering that. Like, it's almost like it's a hesitation. And I, and I can only imagine how that would make someone who actually has feel within that process. So I just wanted to just be no, transparent about that. that. But here's the thing. And so can you imagine coming from incarceration where they want to yes. house you and, and put you to work for slave labor with mm. 50 cents a day? And then mm, you come out to the no. community after serving your time, after paying your mm. debt, and you can't even get into housing. And if, mm. when you become homeless, you become desperate. And then they come up with more and more laws where you can't even live with family members. Mm. I mean, that was a really, really, really good policy for people who want to keep us incarcerated and keep us going there in droves. But them days is over right now. So we have learned, yes. and we have overcome, and we are building our own affordable housing. We are bosses now. So first of all, we bosses. We making jobs. We ain't looking for jobs. Let me just put that on there. Number mm-hmm. one. Number two, we went from breaking laws to making laws. So now we up in uh, that capital. Now like we got that. our vote. 
Yeah, we got I our like votes. That. We got our votes counted. We know how a bill becomes a law. We know how to apply pressure. We know how to put you in office and bring you back up out of office, which is mm -hmm. why you will see now a lot of le legislators are actually standing with us in the restoration of our rights because they already understand we have the voting power. We have worked on mm -hmm. voting laws, mm -hmm. right? The third thing I want to bring up is that, you know, the children are in the foster care system. Like one of my clients said, you know, they uh, took my child from me because mm. my lights wasn't on and gave my child to a stranger and that straight and gave that stranger a check. Right, right. It's almost like you're paying somebody to take my child away from me. Isn't that how we started off? That's a form of slavery that? too. Yes. And so uh -huh. when we look around, we will see that a lot of these things is the same soup just warmed over. And sometimes mm -hmm. we as people, we get sleep. But let me give you some statistics. It was $372 billion that transferred on the internet last year. And black women made not even 1%. It's like 0.003 something, something, something percent of that money. I'm going to tell you about the generational wealth that black people have yet to acquire and be able Come to on. transfer to their children at a Come rate on. that's comparable with a white people. Let me tell you about access to, to capital, money, loans, grants, seed money, even venture capitalists that want to invest in your business. The black woman has still, even black people, period, has still not been able to tap into that at an equivalent anywhere near where white men are going. So we have a long way to work. We have a long way to go, but we have to wake up. I want to ask you, now ask you listeners just right here if a black woman made her own salt her own pepper would you buy it because right now i don't see morton salt and pepper coming into our community i don't mm. see laurie putting no money into our schools i don't Come see on. them sending our kids to harvard to harvard college so why not spend your money with your black owned uh, businesses because one of the things is that we're not capitalized on our economic power i just want to throw it out there because no, but, i just but, want you to know but that's valid, though, because that brings me back to my point. If I'm going to ask you personally about why you went to jail, that kind of gives people a better understanding of like, even though you've gone through the worst of the worst, you found ways to really not only just better yourself, but to better your community. And that to me isn't just a second chance. It's just more so someone owning up to Whatever has happened around them, whatever created those situations, you still chose you. You get what I'm saying? Is you still went forward. You still moved on in life. So do, would you mind like kind of talking about why you went to jail? Do you want to or do you not? It's well, at the end of the day, I went to jail for smoking crack cocaine. Oh, so okay. See why, okay, because the truth of the matter is, while President Reagan was funding his Contra Costa war with the co-intel pro with the CIA and the FBI, I was in my community smoking smoke crack cocaine that flooded in there from these planes that came mm, over. Right, right. So right. Nancy Reagan would say she was out here saying say no to drugs at the same time you was bringing into the community. So I yes. fell victim to that. And over the over the nineteen eighties, and, and let's put a pin in that. We know that that's a fact. So oh, yeah, you can look it up. Co in. Tell Pro. Google it. Look it up. I know how the drugs came into the system, which is why I know when they want to flood the community with something, they can flood it with some goodness. They can flood that it with part, a whole bunch of jobs. They can flood it with great schools for our kids. They can flood it with great parks. Yes. They can flood it with great grocery stores. So at the end of the day, we have never been at the top of the priority list or a pecking order for this government system that did not mm -hmm. see us as a whole human being. And that mm -hmm. started from way back in the day before I was even here. So Harry Tubman can tell you about that. And the Look. Jim Crow laws and the Renaissance and all this and that. But back to your point, 
The mm-hmm. point that you wanted to make was, so I went to jail for smoking crack cocaine, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wasn't a Julio Jungala from Contra Costa. I, I wasn't into that. I was a crackhead. I was smoking. And wait, I went wait, to prison for that. Keep it 100. And so the bottom line is you knew I was on, you knew I was a drug addict because mm-hmm. I had to look at the drug addict, but instead you gave me a sentence. You punished me for my addiction. Whereas mm-hmm. today, because this fentanyl opioid over crisis is going on, okay, today they respond it. to that in a different fashion. They're calling more hospitals. They're calling more people to yes. first respond. They call it, you only called the jail cell for, for the black and brown people from the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. and the 2000s. Now you calling all hospitals and caretakers and stuff. So we already know what could happen when you have a drug addiction. So I'm a part of when they say the war on drugs is really a war on black and brown people. And they Ooh. built 20, 20 prisons. They built 20 prisons in a matter of 15 year time span, but only one university here in the state of California. What mm-hmm. that tell you? That tells you everything because we, we know about the school to prison pipeline. We know about how the presence of like school resource officers or security guards in schools increases violence and gives those students not yet another touch point of seeing someone in authority that's trying to run their lives. And the way that you just stated you know, from going from a person who broke the law to now pushing to make the law, that is so crucial because that makes you an active citizen who says, okay, you might have held me down for just a little bit, but now I'm going to stand up for the people that may not feel as if they're being heard or seen. And so in creating those spaces, I know that you just broke ground, you know, for a center in San Bernardino? And am I saying that right, San Bernardino? Okay, so what happened is, no, we just finished. So in 2021, ah, in the let me tell you something. In the Mr. George Floyd, mm-hmm. in the midst of the pandemic, mm-hmm. me and eight other black women that I know from this Inland Empire, I called them. I say, look, we didn't already have the batting mm-hmm. case. We didn't already broke dishes. We didn't already burnt words, but what else are we going to do to create an economy that actually works for us? I mm. called them up to the Bay Area. We went and got an Airbnb and we talked about what would it look like for us to have an economy? How do we get rid of that Black Wall Street back? What do we need to do that we can start capturing and capitalizing on, on financial economic empowerment for our people? And how do we be the vessel that that happens through? How do we mm-hmm. be the bank? How do we be the lender, not the borrower? Like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And we came up with all these ideas and this, because God is so good and he'll give you the vision and he'll give you the provision. And right after that, I was able to acquire mm-hmm. two pieces of land. One Come of on. them is the Bebop Center, which we just talked about. It's the mm-hmm. Black and Brown Opportunity for Profit Center for Black and Brown women yes. here in the Inland Empire, wishing to build, grow, and scale investable businesses. So it is a matter, it's 10,000 square feet long, it's 14 offices, three cafeterias, one child care, and it has a huge ideation area. Every technology advance that is here in America Ooh. is ready and available for these black and brown women. We're going to have lawyers in there to make sure they protect their intellectual property. Ain't nobody for the couple here and start stealing nobody's ideas, nobody's products. Because mm. we've been there and we've done that. We're not right. going through that right. right. We have uh, people on board to help uh, with some of these financials. We've even been able to raise a half a million dollars ourselves to invest in these startup businesses. And we're about to build these businesses and build these women so they can not only sell products, but be in position 
position to invest in other businesses. Mm -hmm. We need to learn how to be the investor, not look for the investor. And what better way to do that than in a place that is designed and sanctioned, Mm -hmm. sanctioned for the black woman, sanctioned for the brown woman. When you walk up, the first thing you see on the windows from the outside, you see Cleopatra, you see Nefertiti, you see Isis, you see Mm -hmm. the black queens that we come from, our greatness. Mm -hmm. When you go on the inside, across the front window, you see images of the Aztec Mayan pyramids because before they were picking fruit, they would come from a great people. They just got colonized where we got colonized. And then all in the windows, like holograms, you're going to see images come out like, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Dolores Wertha, Fang Lou Hamer, all these Mm. women who have been gone on before us, Madam C.J. Walker, you're going to see her image. You're going to know that it is your time, it is your day, and it's about time that we take care of our own business. So that's what I'm so excited about. So in the midst of all this going on with logistics and shipping materials, being stuck in the ocean, the whole thing, God just kept saying, press forward, press forward, press forward. I was like, Jesus, you know, I can't go up in here asking people for nothing because right about now, you know, uh, my Angela Davis, my Harry Tubman is on high alert. I can't see now one more black man getting killed by the police. I can't be up in here talking to these people. It's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. And God said, I give you the vision and the provision, and I will prepare a table before you in the Mm. face of your enemies. And that table will be a buffet. And he gave me every dime I need to come here to this desert and to build it and to make Mm. sure that everything these women needed inside. That's how I know it's God-given. So everything that I've ever done is beyond my, my education is from the penitentiary, and I had some courses here and there. But I don't got the M to B to A, and I don't got the P to H to D. But I got a PH due. I bet okay, you I can go. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got a PH due. I got a PH due. <laughs> now, let me tell you right here. I create models that have gone on to the National Institute of Health. I'm mm-hmm. doing uh, qualitative, quantitative, scientific health reports that really documented the needs of formerly incarcerated women. Mm. I created models that have been on to the American Public Health Association. And they always say, are you working on your doctorate? I'm like, no, but you can give me one. <laughs> and that's a thing. That's really a thing. So I, I love that you point that out because even for black women, so this came up. This I know this might seem very, you know, sideways when I bring this in, but I have a point and I'll get there. Even for black women, when we generally are thinking as we get older, when we say we bored, we end up going back to school and get certified or get degrees because we're bored. Right. And one of the things that we talked about is that's generally like a almost like a trauma response because we weren't allowed to really kind of just sit and just think or dream and just in general, just because we were always told we needed to be smarter than our mothers, smarter than our grandmothers, smarter than, you know, our ancestors and to really think along the lines of how can we better ourselves. But in the midst of bettering ourselves, we end up sacrificing the fact that we've now accumulated this school debt or we've created a situation where we can't, you know, pay for housing because we're paying to go to school or things like that. So when you bring up that point of like having a PhD, a lot of times if we tend to kind of like move that energy towards our communities and seeing how we can be a part of the village because you've created a village. You've created a community and you have branches. They spread and you're helping people and you're showing them how to do in the moment. So I love how you're you're positioning that because you don't always have to go back to school to be certified to do the things that you've been called to do. Uh, and that's generally my point. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I've got to be I got to prove that I'm an expert. You living 
is your expertise, your experience in living. So for you, Kim, you're the expert in saying, I've done this. I've been through this. This is what people need. When people challenge you on that, how do you address that? Because you don't have to have a PhD to to prove that. Well, what I did was I found out that there are some systems that do not want to know what works, that their whole design is to to sustain that which is not working. And because they are perpetuators of the systemic inequality. Mm -hmm. And so you'll look and see we're holding the same signs in the year 2023 that they was holding in 1960. It's because Mm -hmm. the system is designed to support itself. So I always say think out the box. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when it came to education and the formalized education, you know, I remember sitting in UCLA Law School. We were having a panel and I was one of the speakers. I sat next to this professor. He's like, yeah, I'm a professor of the Constitution. I was like, wow, the -hmm. Constitution. I'm like, so you're really teaching people that we were this three-fifths of a human. But when do they learn that, you know, the other stuff? He says, well, that's called critical thinking. That's another class. So so that means you have it in these institutions to teach that which is wrong. Christopher Columbus discovered America. That which is wrong, that black people are less than. And then you want us to go to a higher level of education to figure out that what you taught us in the beginning education was not right. See, now, I don't think that that's right. That's why I ain't going up in there to get no kind of brainwashing. Now, I'm not against anybody who got the alphabet. I I understand where you're coming from. at the end of the day, yeah. at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the people come people come to me with degrees and looking for a job. I'm like, okay, well, I'm mm-hmm. in a position to create employment for people. With and that's the, with amazing. That. That's and amazing. I'm trying to figure out how my whole thing is, I don't care how many degrees you got, great. If it makes you feel good, I'm all for it. But what can you do with it to help the community? Yes. Everybody just come yes. out and did something. And the other thing that I think is another reason why people run to get these alphabets because you're operating in mentally that I'm not enough. See, I don't operate in not enoughness. I operate in I got so much I can give you some. <laughs> so when I walk into a space, I take up space. It, with my enoughness. Mm-hmm, so I don't walk mm-hmm. in like, oh my God, I'm, I'm on the panel and they had to be that. I walk in, I'm Kim Carter. I, I think I'm the shit and some. That's just how I operate. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It, no, it's not an ego thing. That. It's just that I have no. power. I can get some things done. And your power is knowing that you can you can make things happen. Let's start there. Number two is the confidence that you have because you've gone through so much. I've had people who have told me personally because of my own story where it's like, aren't you tired? Because you keep going through something and you keep blah, blah, blah. But then you talk about it instantly. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm tired. I'm literally Fannie Lou tired. Like I'm sick and tired. But here's the thing. Guess what she did after she said she was sick and tired? She still did. She still got up there and she still shared what was happening in Mississippi. So to this day, I still talk about various things that I've gone through. So I think that I'm extremely blessed that we could have you on the show, but also to the point of like hearing that that energy that most women who are listening, who are possibly still going through that pandemic hump, who are possibly still going through, there are a lot of black women who are going through divorces right now. I know that to be statistics true who don't know what life is going to be beyond that and then there are some black women who are dealing with family members who are incarcerated dealing with cash bails and things of that nature which we're fighting against too but all in all the biggest thing that 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 i want our listeners to get out of this is that you can do you can be you can get beyond that and you are literally a testament to that and to me it just makes me proud that there are black women like you out here doing 
and living and existing and being enough and being proof that the rest of us, we don't have to do nothing extra. We don't have to. We don't have to. And one of the things that you brought up was resources. I feel like our minds, when we get together and we can kind of sit down and we can map out some things and we can strategize and we can organize some things, we can move mountains with that. We can move these party lines. We can move um, how they're trying to um, gerrymander some of these lines. Like we can do the things. We can do this. And so I think that's very encouraging hearing that from you and to really getting you to commenting, you know, on some various things that we're going to be seeing in the news because we've got another presidential election coming up. And, you know, people like you are literally we have to center your voices. We have to center what you're doing, how you're doing it and how it's helping a collective. So if there's anything that if, if I was somebody that was a new voter, right? And I get to vote, you know, um, I'm not telling you to tell people how to vote, but what I want to hear from you is how they should think when they're voting, right? Like what candidate specifically they should really like center in a sense of like, okay, is this person best for me because they're looking out for a black woman? Does that make sense? Like, Oh, if, is, if it don't make sense, it don't make dollars. I, I it, better make right. sense. <laughs> it, be, it better make sense because if they're not, they not speaking to us and talking to us, trust and believe they're not caring about us. And don't that think for word. one minute you can say, oh, well, of course you guys are included. No, mm-hmm. and we're not centered. We're not there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And if we're not at the table, we're on the menu. So, you know, you got to be in a position mm-hmm. that best applies to you. Me personally, I don't operate well in conformity. And in mm-hmm. those systems is constantly, I've seen really great dynamic women going to those systems like, well, what happened? Well, they get up in there and they just get sliced, diced and all that. We need the political power that comes by having the numbers to put people in and put people out. If you mm-hmm. can focus on your local city and then your local county come on, and get come that on. in order, your people come from on. your state going to pay attention. You see what I'm saying? Right. And when you get your state in order, you can show other states how to do the same thing. Yes. But don't let the funds for the library don't show up in your community. Don't let your schools don't get their proper money because you ain't the school board. Like There are local things that you can do to make mm-hmm. an impact on that. The government and I mean, the president never would even be talking about. So I would say the government is one thing and, and voting is another thing, but it, but everybody has a ability to take care of their home right now and they block. Start with your home and your block and work yourself around the corner. Let me talk about these faith-based organizations. Go ahead. We, we can't go, go here without talking about God and without talking about Jesis. He said to all of us in his word, greater things than this shall you do. That means he was already getting people out the grave. He was already walking on water and he's telling you and me and all of us it was we're going to do greater things than that mm-hmm. so i need some folks that want to step out on faith and actually believe in the power that come to us from the holy ghost and from jesus christ himself that we can do all things so that means we got to move a building we move the building mm-hmm. and we got to move or we move the resources there is mm-hmm. the god that i serve owns all the banks and all the money i don't That's know true. anything about not having not mm-hmm. having is not an option 
Mm-hmm. But you got to get in position. So you got to get your financial education money management right. We you got to yes. get in position to yes. be able to manage them because the Bible gives us great examples how God will give you a little, see how you manage that, then he mm-hmm. would give you many. The same government that wouldn't even let me get a job, I got at least four or five million dollars worth of projects going on with them right now, developing mm. and, and doing homeless programs here in the county and the city of San Bernardino. But mm. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't even qualify to get the money. But now as the boss, I get the contract. They give out all the money. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, I'm still formerly incarcerated. Ain't none of that changed. But I don't feel applications where that question is even asked. See, there's a different application when you're going after money than when you ask somebody to give you something. You see what right. I'm saying? I'm, I'm promoting successful projects that are national models that demonstrate effectiveness. They have been evaluated from PhDs and other people. So right. I'm delivering success. So when you want to be successful, you're going to come mess with me because you right. know we're going to get it done. Right. And the thing that you pointed out is that you're showing how it can be done all over, not just in one spot. And the other point that I just really want to touch on real quickly is how you literally said you have to take care of you first. You have to do the things that you have to do for you first before you step out to your local city and state and begin to start doing the work. And a lot of times for some people, sometimes the calling would be so greater that in the midst of you getting yourself together, you're already helping people. And that's great. That's fine. But a lot of times, once it hits national, you want to make sure all of your affairs are in order because the thing is, is that they'll start tearing us down. Like, have you had to deal with any of that type of like backlash? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hold up, oh, hold up. I got 200 white men. Those that love me and those that don't. <laughs> they would spend money to uh, write blogs on me. They would spend mm-hmm. money to make little videos of me and all that. At the same mm-hmm. time, I've been able to get support from some of them. So mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, if you're not doing anything effective, no one's going to talk about you. Oh, come on, come on. You're face. not going to have a hater in the, in the wood. Or none of that. I mean, they go on Facebook and, oh my God, she's rolling around with her uh, band, with her band of thieves and thugs and all mm-hmm. that. No, we mm-hmm. up in here doing what God want us to do. But I do know that you're watching. So what happens is, there's a thing, game called life and you watch your mommy because you ain't in the game. See, I'm in the game. Whether I mm-hmm. fumble the ball, I pick the ball up, make a home run, make a touchdown, it don't matter. I'm in the game. But there are people mm-hmm. on the sideline that just sitting up looking out. And that's They're your looking. job. Yes. Your job is to be a commentator. So you go let all okay. the other haters know what else you don't like that I did. You're right, just spreading right. the word. Right, right, right. And in spreading the word like that for you, what gives you tunnel vision? Because I know, I know a lot of people can be distracted by those things and they've got to defend themselves. I mean, we've got Hannah Jones who just created the 1619 project. And every day I feel like she's having to defend that. And she even said publicly, she no longer does that. She picks and chooses when she wants to respond about it because the work speaks for itself. Your work, Kim Carter, speaks for itself. So At this point, how do you keep that tunnel vision where you're focused in on these things while making sure that you're taking care of you? Because a lot of people in the movement space aren't taking care of themselves physically. Well, here's the thing. I didn't want to become a martyr to this movement, number one, Mm. because I real I recognize that, like, you know, Martin Luther King said, the arc of justice, you know, it bends, it curves, it's Mm. long, it's a long curve. The moral arc is going to get there, but it's, it's a long curve. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, because I had the crack addiction and because I was homeless, living on the streets mm-hmm. and all that, people mm-hmm. talked about me then. 
Mm. Right. And then not offer yeah. to help me. There was no good Samaritan that came up to me on the side of the road and tried to offer me hand up. So when I finally yeah. did get, you know, the love and help of God to help resurrect me and get me to this place, mm. I uh, don't care what humans say about me. You're going to talk about me because guess what? I'm worth talking about. I'm just going to mm. leave it with them at that. They have tried to tear down everything. But like you said with my sister, Miss Jones, the work speaks for itself. Success can't be denied. Success can't be denied. Success can't be denied. But we're going to keep knocking out success, knocking out success, hitting you with evidence, evidence based miles, hitting you with with perfection. And you're going to just keep sitting over there shaking your head. And that's Mm -hmm. why a lot of times I don't spend my energy trying to convince. If somebody doesn't believe that I'm even a whole person or I'm worth having respect, why am I talking to you? I don't even want to waste my rep on you. I don't have to respond. I don't have to respond to you because you called on me. I got to come. Yes. You don't own me no yes. more. I don't care what news work, work, work you in. I don't have to come because you call. That part. At the end of if you're not, if you're not a part of us sharing to edify one another, and we're not lifting one another up, if this is mm-hmm. not going to be beneficial to the community, I ain't messing with you. On that note, so if, when you move forward and then where you are today, what are the next steps that you would like to see more Black women take? And not only just overcoming their obstacles and every day, because if we think about it, you you said it earlier on the podcast where black women are not protected as they need to be. OK, but in every day we're faced single handedly with so much, whether it's on our job, whether it's in our homes, whether it's getting to our jobs or getting to our homes, whether it's just being in a grocery store randomly. We're faced with so much. What would be your message to a woman who is trying to overcome something that she just feels like she can't even see the other side of it? I would tell my sister, do not let those forms of microaggression, systemic racism, inequality, Mm. and all them Karens and Beckys out there like to come with a little slick word. Do not let that penetrate your full armor of God. You stay Mm. prayed up, you stay up. You continue to look at your presence and see what purpose is it serving and where you're going to next. I'm always thinking of the next thing. Mm-hmm. I'm all thinking the next thing. I'm I'm not staying still. I'm not staying. I'm not getting comfortable. There's mm-hmm. no there's no getting comfortable with status quo. Do mm-hmm. I have time for me and my fiance? Absolutely. Am I taking I know time for right. vacations? Absolutely. I know that's right. Am I in love? Absolutely. But I'm gonna yes. pay attention to my love too. I ain't gonna take my man for granted and act like he's just gonna be here now. I get through all these radio shows and TV shows. No, on, I'm gonna say, baby, will you come with me? Do you, I know you that's please right. come with me? And if he say he come with me, I got a smile on my face. If he ain't coming, I'm 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 narrowing him down because I don't yes. gotta be on everything. Do you yes. know I was a top ten CNN hero? Fifty thousand yes. nominations, yes. eight different. I'm gonna go to the top ten. When I came back from that 2015, I went to my office building. I told them take down every piece of uh, certificate and recognition that we got from all your politicians. Take all that down. No more certificates. No, no. Uh, we're gonna go have this lady come and she's gonna um do some calligraphy quotes and we Ugh. put inspirational quotes on all our wall. And I have not put up another piece of paper and come on politician because you know why. I am enough. And I don't got to use it, it as a prop to show you, well, you know, the senator supports us or, you know, with the marriage or whatever. I don't got to show you none of that. I don't, right. don't, don't got to show you none of that. You walk up in here, you, you see what you see. Mm. So I got out of that. And it took me being in that with the other nine people. 
Uh-huh. And I looked at and saw, to me, how amazing they were. Saw how, you know, like, wow, these people are are, are extraordinary. They, like, mm. you know, bringing water from the mountains down to yeah. a village for women to stop them from having a four-hour walk. You know, going yeah. underground, under bridges, and, and providing mm. people with medical services because the hospitals won't even come see. I mean, like, a, a young girl going to a war-torn country is starting an orphanage for all these abandoned kids. I mean, like, these people are great, but yet still God saw fit for me to be amongst them. They were my peers. Mm. They were my poor. And so I knew that I was enough. So my speaking mm. fee went up. I went from, you know, 1500 2500 to 10000 and above. Right? I know that's uh, right. Everything elevated. I'm getting 25000 If I'm flying somewhere, speaking to a conference, I'm up there, 10000 local. But I'm not going below that. I'm not going. I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just not going. I quit accepting and settling for the status quo. And I just elevated to the work that I feel that I have for what I bring mm-hmm. to the table, for my in- information and for my expertise. Mm-hmm. And um, I value that. And my sisters out there, I want them to know that it's in you. It's not on you. It is in you. You got to go in and you got to dig it out. Mm-hmm. And whatever's blocking you from being your best self, let's examine that, put it on the table, chop that up so we can get that in smaller pieces because it can't be that big. Stop you from being great. You were already born to be great. You were destined to be great. Mm. Do you know where you come from? Do you know who mm. child you are? Come on, you know who your father is. Like, I mean, at the come end on. of the day, there's nothing that we can't do. We we right. we hot. We hot. Right. We on fire right, right now. We on right. we on fire right now. And it's our turn. It's our turn spiritually. It's our turn biblically. It's our turn in this community. It is our mm. turn. And we have to walk into that power. Uh, Marion Ellerman says, uh, people are not afraid of the dark. They're afraid of their own light. I'm trying to tell mm-hmm. my sisters, do not be afraid of your light. Walk in your light. Walk in your light. And watch the people around you. going to be like, oh, you still trying to do that? Yep. Because you got yep. the dream because out there. Yep. And watch me do it. And you can't share your dream with everybody. Go around people who want to see you up and elevate yeah. you, lift you up. People yeah. who make you feel good about yourself. And cut out the ones that's not on that level. Because even a rocket, when a rocket is going up, it goes so far and a piece drops off. It stays on Earth. That Come piece on. is not meant to go Come to the on. next, the next level not. with you. It's There's going to be people Thanks. and places and things in your life that is not meant to go to the next level. So you got to let them drop off and go ahead and or and go ahead and store the orbit, my sister. I know you got it in you. To yeah. all my sisters out there. So, so that's more of like us facing just as Black women that imposter syndrome and understanding like. No, you're supposed to be in these spaces. You're supposed to be that voice. You're supposed to be that person that raises the awareness on these issues that most people just want to kind of just hide behind and not shine their light. So, yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out. I appreciate you being who you are. I appreciate your light. I appreciate the things that you are doing. So to kind of counter on that, what's next for Kim Carter? Okay, so on uh, March 15th, we're having a grand opening for our Bebop Center, and people can go to our website, which is www.timeforchangefoundation.org, and Time for Change Foundation is all spelled out. And they can also go on the Instagram, which is Kim Carter. 4408, and they can go on there and follow me and look at that bio and see all the stuff that's happening. We have our gala coming up. April the 14th is our 21st annual gala with Time for Change Foundation, and that's going to be amazing. People have an opportunity to get tickets, to come see it. And you know, our book, I wrote a book. It's called Waking Up to My Purpose. That book is available right now on the website, www.com. 
timeforchangefoundation.org and you can read some more chapters of some inspiration because my life was mm. already zero. I'll tell everybody this one more time. I come from nothing. I'm the girl on the bus stop sleeping with all the plastic on her and the blanket in the bus stop. I'm the one standing in front of the store wishing you had something to eat. I'm the one pushing the basket. Mm. I'm that homeless person. I'm the one going in and out of jail. That is me. So for God to take me from that and give me almost 30 years to being clean and sober and free from incarceration, mm. he'll do it for anybody. But he, yes. he brought me here to do something on earth. He brought me here to give and to help women who was just like me. So no matter where I'm at, I don't care what stage or what screen, people are going to always know that I come from prison. I was on crack and I was homeless because this ain't about me getting no big head because you already see what I where I got my life to. So I need Listen. to totally rely on God and he continues to lead me. Okay? And you're not done. You're not done. So one last question. We ask all of our listeners this and it's very important because you've touched on it. But I want you to give me a very like to the point answer. You've touched on it this entire episode. But I want to hear from Kim Carter herself, who's overcome homelessness, who's overcome incarceration, who's overcome a drug addiction, who's overcome sexual abuse, who's overcome so many things that have, if we ask the average black woman, she's had to deal with those same things. What is your dream for black women? My dream for black women is that they all can prosper and have what they need to be successful, whatever that is. Whatever, mm. whether that's in the form of money, whether it's in the form of love, whether it's in the form of, you know, great stuff for their children. My mm. wish for all black women for them to be as successful as they choose to be, to be able to live their best life unapologetically mm. without no shame, without no shame for our skin color, for our hair, for our nose or none of that. I mean, you know, we so bad. They have to make a law about our hair. Come on now. Baby, Y'all got to know on. how bad we are. Come on. And and that felt like a big old hug. I'm, I'm like, I'm literally grabbing myself like, oh my God, like that's amazing. And I would have to say, based on, you know, just our conversation today and the time that I've got to spend with you, what my dream for Black women would be is that we can hold each other and encourage each other to think beyond that imposter syndrome. Like, because I think that holds Black women back a lot and we are enough. You've said that throughout this entire conversation that we are enough, you are enough, I'm enough, and it's okay for us to hold our heads high and be confident in that and not be not be confused with someone who has an ego or who may be stuck up or elitist or classist towards others. It's more so like, no, like I know who I am. I know whose I am and I'm, and I'm going to be okay with doing the things that I want to do for, for me and my people. So most of all, I just have to just extend sincere gratitude to you, Kim Carter. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being on Monuments to Me. I feel like we just moved a bunch of mountains for our listeners who literally, we're taking it there this season on the show. <laughs> this okay, let's go. <laughs> we're taking it there. And I just pray that more women can find you more women can look out for you. So just share with them how they can find you. You can name every website that you want to name. Um, and also how can they personally find you on social? So if they want to reach out to you and send you thanks for your time, they can do that. Go ahead. So uh, my name is Kim Carter. First website is www.timeforchangefoundation.org. Mm-hmm. I also have my Center for Housing Advancement and Motivational Project. And that is... Uh, website is www.kimschamp. That's K I M S is in Sam, champ, C H A M P 
dot com. Mm-hmm. So kimschamp.com. That's my second website. And again, the social media on Instagram, Kim Carter. 4408. And then always go, go to Google. Kim Carter from San Bernardino or the Bay Area. And my name gonna Come pop on, up. Google. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna take you, it's gonna take you to something. My book, Waking Up mm-hmm. to the Purpose. You can purchase that through the website and we will personally sign it. If you don't want one signed, you can go on Amazon and you can purchase it. Mm-hmm. But it's there and it's very inexpensive. But the thing about it is it's very impactful, it's very powerful. And I'm gonna say to all my sisters, do some business. With some black women. And mm. I want to ask you again. Would you buy my salt and pepper. If a black woman was selling salt and pepper. That's all I want to know. We can get everybody <laughs> buy salt and pepper. That's it. Salt and pepper. Because Morton, Morton is not coming to our community. Barbers is not showing up. Listen, so Amazon doesn't keep pumping them with no money. My seasoning comes from two places, the Spice Suite, which is the black woman, and the Cab Farmer's Market, which we all know here in Georgia is very multicultural. So it comes from various places. But yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Salt pepper. Do that. Do that. I'll um, get to the black paper towels and to the black toilet paper later, but right now, salt pepper. <laughs> Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for being present and being your whole self as you take in this amazing episode with Kim Carter, who has graced us and challenged us to to know that we are enough. And from my lips to your ears, thank you, Kim Carter, for being who you are. Thank you to our producer who set this up, Darius Hicks. And thank you to Akilah who is not here with us, but we share, we're sharing and saving space for her. And to every listener right now, you just, you just got it. You're going to have to run this back. You're going to have to share this with more than one person because this is so crucial. This is a conversation that was needed and monuments to me by revolt will always bring you those timely conversations. Thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Monuments to Me. Thank you to Revolt for allowing us this safe space to have these important conversations. If you like what you heard today, then subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend about your new favorite podcast. Head over to Revolt.com to stay connected to all things Monuments to Me. This episode of Monuments to Me is brought to you by our sponsor, General Motors. Now, after you learn a little something on this podcast, find out more about their continued efforts to fund the future and inspire innovation at GM.com. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. 
that will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.